Hello and welcome to the Medjlis Podcast, Radio for Europe, Radio Liberty's current affairs talk show focusing on Central Asia. I'm Bruce Pinnear, host of the Medjlis and author of the Central Asia in Focus newsletter. There is an unprecedented crackdown on independent media outlets underway in Kyrgyzstan. At least five media outlets have been raided since January 15th, and 11 journalists are in custody. Worse might be coming soon, as a controversial draft law on media was reintroduced to Parliament, if adopted. That bill would make the situation for media outlets extremely complicated and increase the chances that many outlets would be closed. To discuss all this, I am joined by Tatubuvu Ergeshpaeva, director of the Tandem Lawyers Community. And I'll mention at the start that, that Tatubuvu is currently developing an institute for tanks and, and advocacy in Kyrgyzstan. And Sianat Sultanalieva, Central Asia researcher for Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan at Human Rights Watch. Thank you both for joining me. You know, and we're going to start with um, Sianat. If you could, I know this is asking a lot, but if you can kind of give me a brief summary of what's happened since Monday uh, with the media outlets. Yes, um, happy to. Uh, thanks, Bruce, uh, for having me here. And um, um, yeah, uh, things in Kyrgyzstan are not great. As usual, it's a very, very dynamic, uh, politically dynamic um, country. And uh, things have been just absolutely uh, crazy, I guess you could say, um, starting from, from Monday. Uh, and on Monday, what we had is um, 24KG. The newsroom of 24KG got raided by, raided by the Gakenbe. Um, their uh, equipment was confiscated. Uh, three of the um, editorial leadership director and two of the uh, chief editors were invited to an interrogation, basically, uh, at the Gekenbe, where they, upon you know being released from there, they informed everybody that they had to sign an NDA, so non-disclosure uh, agreement. So nobody really knows what exactly is happening, which um, of the publications on 24KG are being uh, investigated. Uh, it is known that uh, the uh, outlet is being charged with um, uh, war propaganda, it's possible to surmise that it might be related to the war in Ukraine, uh, but it's unclear. So that's uh, what was happening on Monday. And then um, on Tuesday, the 16th, we all woke up to news that uh, about 11 journalists, um, I think in the, in the beginning it was just eight, and then throughout the day, um, the three more uh, were joined. Journalists who are related, um, who have either worked before or are working currently with Timirov Life, um, or who are, you know, nowadays, for example, if they're ex-staffers uh, of Timirov Life, who are working on different um, me- media outlets, they have been raided as well early in the early morning hours of Tuesday, as if there's some kind of criminals who are just going to run away or whatever, you know, like at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., just absolutely inhumane. And then they were just rounded up, uh, taken away. Their uh, computers, laptops, uh, their mobile phones were confiscated as well. Not only theirs, but also their family members. And then, um, yeah, so they were interrogated. And then by the end of the day, it was clear information got out that they were detained. I think initially there was um, there was information they would be detained for 48 hours. Uh, but then turns out they were detained for two months. So at this point, all 11 have been detained, have been placed into pretrial detention uh, for two months. Uh, And the charges that they are facing are, uh, the exact formulation might be wrong, but uh, something to do with calls for public disorder or mass unrest, I think. And according to, uh, oh, and the difference with this case um, is that it's not uh, by Gekenbe, it's by the the Ministry of Interior, so the law enforcement um, who um, identified that something like on December 30th, like end of December, they found articles or posts um, on all of these media that they, uh, uh, um, what's the word, categorized as uh, calls for public unrest. So that's what's happening right now. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, Tattoo, you're, you're a lawyer. Uh, what about these charges against these media outlets? Co- calls for mass unrest? I mean, um, what, what do you make out of that? What's your opinion? Yeah, thank you. Kyrgyz, the Kyrgyz Republic is on, is on the path of uh, authoritarianism. We have a super present, uh, presidential operating in our country. And this is, I think, big problem because our civic engagement sector is the very difficult situation in this time. And I want to give a legal commentary about two 
draft laws about mass media, about NGO. Uh, for example, legal commentary to the draft law of the Kyrgyz Republic on mass media. The main problem with the draft law on mass media introduced to the Georgu Kingesh by the presidential administration of the Kyrgyz Republic is that it expands the definition of mass media so such an extent that even websites may fall under uh, its purview. Uh, this raises concerns in the media community as the opinion of journalists were not taken into the account in the preparation of the document. In addition, the uh, certainly is the draft law as to which websites and exactly what information must be posted on the in order to be classified as media create a risk to freedom of speech and independent media. Highlights include mandatory registration of websites as media, the law proposed to register all websites, including those that are not traditionally considered media. This code includes commercial and individual websites, imposing one rose registration requirements and potentially limiting their activities. Second, state control over media activities. The law gives state bodies extensive powers to refuse to register media outlets, effectively controlling uh, which publication can operate. This can lead to selective application of the law against independent or critical media outlets. Third, uh, restrictions on journalist practice. Provisions uh, in the law may hamper the ability of journalists to conduct investigations by imposing uh, restrictions on recording and uh, accessing information without prior consent. Fourth, Potential to uh, arbitrary application, the law contains terms and broad powers for the authorities raising concerns about uh, arbitrary applications and possible use to uh, suppress dissenting voice and control media space. How totally the law appears to be a step towards increasing state control over the media uh, significantly independent journalists and public access to diverse source of information. And I want to give what is the charts. All our um, uh, guys, they listened about one of the charts of war propaganda and calling for mass unrest. This is on the rate was on 24 point kg and the homes of journalists. Executions of war propaganda and calls for mass media unrest are serious and should be considered in the context of compliance with legality and uh, human rights. It's important to consider that such accusations should uh, be used to limit freedom on the press or suppress critical voice. In each case, a draw and fair investigation it's necessary to ensure that the charts are not based on political motives and uh, don't violate the rights to freedom of expansion. Last point, all 11 journalists and activists brought to the investigative service of the Kyrgyz Republic on January 16 were taken to a temporary uh, detention center and uh, they on the charge of organization of mass uh, riots. And I think this is a very um, negative uh, tendency in our country. And this is way similarly situations in, the, uh, in Turkmenistan. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, Sinat, let me get to you. Let's talk about the detentions for a second. Two months. This, this seems to be a habit, you know, lately with the Kyrgyz government, uh, the Kempirabad people, right? Uh, and we can go on and on at listing individuals, but they, they rarely stay for only two months. What do you make of that? Uh, it's, it's a, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, what do we make of that? Uh, honestly, it just looks like the authorities the, or the regime, can we call them regime already? Because they certainly act like a regime uh, at this point. Um, that uh, it looks like this is a strategy or tactic to just sort of keep 
people, anybody who has uh, a critical opinion, anybody who is unafraid to express this uh, critical uh, opinion, to just keep them behind bars for as long as possible. Because that's exactly what's happening with Kemperabad. That's what's happening with the others that have been detained. And it just seems like they don't really care whether it's a 19-year-old blogger or it's a 60-plus-year-old, um, you know, a retired person who just goes out, goes out on these, um, you know, single pickets, right, where he's alone. And he's not really inciting anybody else. He's just expressing his opinion. It doesn't really matter for the regime, it looks like. They're, whether it's a mass, it's a group of people, if it's a single person, it doesn't matter to them nowadays if it's just a person who posts a video uh, call saying, you know, on the 31st of um, August, let's all, you know, um, go live on Facebook to express our dissatisfaction with uh, where the country is going. And I'm referring to the case of a writer, uh, Oljaba Shakir, who is still, you know, being kept um, behind bars um, uh, for, uh, you know, I think it's the fifth months now. Um, so he was detained in August. Um, he's a writer and a journalist and a pu- publicist um, as well. So it's, yeah, it's it's journalists uh, who are who are being basically punished for their um, professional activities. It's blog- bloggers. It's just active citizens who have their opinion and who want to share it. It doesn't really matter for the authorities, for the regime. They're just grabbing everyone and putting them behind bars, shutting them down so they don't they don't have um, any space to um, make their thoughts um, or opinions heard. I mean, that's at least that's what it looks like. Otherwise, um, yeah. The, 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 the law is just not being followed, to be honest here. Okay, thank you. Um, Tatu, let me ask you about that. Is, is there not the right to a speedy trial in, in Kyrgyz law? Uh, do, can, they keep, can they keep extending the detention periods of these people again and again without bringing them to the courtroom? Yeah, you know, this very difficult situation and we're living in the super presidential uh, political system. And our constitutional buildings, uh, the first time, they created uh, some deconstruction. For example, the civic space is uh, shrinking. The government is training the police regime. But I'm an optimist and it's important to leave draw the stages. And how? For example, one of the um, ways we are with media platform Kyrgyzstan. In media platform, we have more uh, 60 organizations who uh, represent uh, NGO organizations, expert uh, communities and mass media. And uh, uh, yesterday we organized a press conference and there we appealed to the to name of the president of Kyrgyzstan uh, we expect concern, uh, concern about uh, the recent uh, events related to the charges uh, against uh, journalists and the raids. I called uh, to, uh, for the protection of press freedom uh, and human rights and ini- initiated uh, an open uh, dialogue with the media community to address current issues. Uh, we uh, emphasized uh, the uh, importance of review, uh, reviewing legislative initiatives that may limit the activities of the media and NGOs, following international norms and standards of freedom of speech. And uh, I'm to support building a democratic, open and fair society in Kyrgyzstan. I think, you know, one of the good way now, we try to develop someone community instruments uh, because um, more guys who working in the president administration, they don't listen anything. They have, they have someone head of speech uh, and this is their items. But we try to use diplomatic methods and we try to be loyalty and grow not only government platforms, uh, we grow collaboration platforms. And now really I'm working with this because uh, we, try to, we try to write official letter to name of the president, to name of Johor uh, Kukinesh, but they didn't listen to us. They all the time press our journalists, our activists, 
opposition uh, political representatives and really now we have more repressions and uh, this is collaboration not only collaboration this is try to develop uh, someone someone platforms where we grow our relationships f- uh, face to face uh, that will be very good because we try to we try to um, keep all our advantages all our good resources because Kyrgyz Republic one of the good democratic countries but we lose our democratic status we lose all the our methods uh, how protect uh, human rights and for me how for lawyers this very critical situation but i and my colleagues we try to work we try to integrate our uh, with uh, decision makers and uh, really i'm working before end of this regime i i think uh, i will continue my job uh, all the time 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 by time really we are afraid i'm afraid every day but i continue my job because i know now uh, this is period for the lawyers we we must work if we finish our job or stopped that will be very very uh, loose very bad situation not only for lawyers and for our society too Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you one more thing, Tatu. I know that you you put an appeal to President Japarov on your Facebook site. Did did you receive any answer? Oh yeah, you know I'm uh, the last week I met with uh, I think more guys from uh, President Administration from the Jor Kukinesh, and we discussed because I'm working with decision makers more four years I think. and i have good relationships with them and they told me really your recommendations is very well and we try to support uh, all all your offers but you know i think president administration especially two three guys they um, don't give uh, for us uh, uh, a, a short time to meet with the president and discuss but uh, i and my college from the media platform we working and i think one or three weeks and we will meet with president and that will be step by step we will grow our const, uh, uh, diplomatic and um, very uh, const- constructive relationships with president administration and with jor uh, kokinesh and to now why we try to grow with president administration because today parliament and judge system they very very poor and they very i think weakness weakness positions uh, only every uh, big positions this is with president administration and this is reason why we work with them a strong position strong position in the um, president and his administration and if for example if we will go to the four years ago really i was one of the experts who all the time critic this is the uh, constitutional buildings uh, this is constitutional constructions because they're very awful constructions this is super presidential constructions this is not for uh, society not for people not for human rights this is only for power this is guys who want to um, concentrate all government and no government res- resources between each other in the one platform and uh, we are looking all this situation but we don't do not more but we try to use all methods where we try to grow dialogues between mass media between uh, civic engagement sector and between uh, president administration and uh, for example our deputies in the Johor Kukinesh they all the time try to um, support our initiatives especially one of the examples for example in this week on monday and tuesday was two committees first committee about international relationships migration uh, and uh, uh, and the second count uh, second committee about transport and uh, there our draft of law was a duration a duration for one or four 
four weeks and this is for us very good because we need a we need a time and uh, this is uh, deputies from two committees profile committees in the Johor cooking age they try to support our activities and they saw all the dis uh, destruction destruction conceptions on their draft of law about mass media and NGO sector and uh, they try to show, demonstrate all their uh, support. Uh, this is the rule of law. And uh, someone, they try to, they try to save our uh, democratic resources. I think so. Okay, thank you. Um, we got to move on to the, the media law. But before we do, um, Sianat on, on Twitter the other day, when all these raids started, you said they, they hadn't seen anything like this in Kyrgyzstan, and, and I have to admit, I've been covering Kyrgyzstan for almost 30 years, uh, and I don't ever remember anything like this happening. What, what is, uh, what can, is the situation deteriorating that fast in Kyrgyzstan where they can raid multiple media outlets all of a sudden and start locking people up? Yeah, um, that, that was my feeling as well. Uh, unless my, honestly, my kind of personal uh, associations um, in terms of what was the time period during which we may have seen something like that is, and, and it's probably during Bakiev's times, you know? Um, so that's like, what, 14 years ago, even more, 14, 15, 16, uh, or something like that. But even then it wasn't uh, such a massive attack and crackdown because this is literally a crackdown. Um, and um, I think another uh, important point to note here and to remember <laughs> is that uh, President Sadr Jabarov during his uh, presidential campaign back in um, 2020, right? Um, early 2020, or was it, when was it? Yeah, I, I forget. But it feels like it was January 2020 or something 2021. like that. Yeah, 2021. And, yeah, and he was kind of just, um, oh no, not January, 2021, right? Um, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I just remember that he, 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 he was like um, freedom of speech and freedom of media, freedom of, of expression were a really big thing for him in his uh, campaign. And he mentioned it not just once, but several times in different interviews where he would say that no, under no circumstances would uh, freedom of speech be curtailed in Kyrgyzstan. I guarantee this. Everybody will be able to continue speaking freely. And we are just seeing how exactly the opposite is happening of what he promised. And again, Tattoo is saying the complete, you know, the right things, correct things, right? It's, it is a super presidential system. And that was the main thing uh, that they were, you know, really uh, promoting and pushing forward when the constitution was uh, reformed and changed. Um, the whole idea is that there's going to be just this one person who is responsible for everything, and this one person is going to be the president. Well, then I guess following that logic, we have to say that, Mr. President, are you seeing what's happening? Do you remember your own promises? And what is going to happen with your promises? And how does it, you know, how do you, how do you even read the situation right now? Because it doesn't look good. Well, thank you. I have to ask about war propaganda. I'm sorry, just because that's that's an interesting charge. Cactus had this file. Uh, they were charged with war propaganda, but for a very different conflict. Uh, they're, they're, in their case, it was um, uh, the Kyrgyz-Tajik border clashes. Yeah. Uh, but and, and now 24.kg is, is also apparently being charged with war propaganda, which is a very strange and vague term. One, what's your your? I'd like to get your opinion on war propaganda, but also in light of the fact that this appears to be have to do with Russia's full scale war in Ukraine, and in fact, Roskomnadzor uh, has blocked twenty four blocked twenty four kg last summer, I think too. So, can you talk about the the charge of war propaganda? And do you think do you see that Russia is pressuring Kyrgyzstan, or that the Kyrgyz authorities are using Russia's blocking of 24 kg to go after 24 kg themselves i mean all, all things can could be true i guess right um one thing does not mean that the other thing is not um uh, true so it could be that the definitely that russia is pressuring kyrgyzstan or maybe not so much even pressuring because i guess kyrgyzstan is not such a big sort of a even player to be honest uh in that sense but more like you know the, the pressure is more indirect in that sense uh as in Kyrgyzstan maybe, or like the regime or the people in charge feel like 
they should behave in a certain way or maybe that they should show certain kind of indicators to uh, really signal that they are on on Russia's right side uh, in in this specific uh, case, while also trying not to you know you know to 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 be too obvious uh, because um, I guess the regime also is smart enough uh, not to do this you know all out all in Russia type of uh, thing. Even though sometimes it feels like that's exactly what they're doing, but they're still trying to keep um, all the options available on the table uh, with the West and with the others. And I mean, I mean, we are definitely in this area of assumptions, right? And just sort of uh, thinking because there is no really way of confirming one or the other. Um, but that's just it. Just how it looks like from the outside, outside, and how it can be read by. Uh, different people. Um, so there is definitely um, an aspect of that, of sort of like uh, trying to prove themselves, because definitely there is also the Roskom uh, Nadzor's uh, decision. Uh, but then also 24 kg uh, is not um, the favorite of, of uh, either of the people in charge uh, of Kyrgyzstan right now. And uh, I understand how weird that sounds that I'm talking about two people, but that's that's what is happening in practice. We have one president, but then we also have another person who seems to be, you know, calling the shots in uh, quite a lot of cases. And um, especially, let's say, in the case of 24 kg, because it is be it is an operation uh, by Gekenbe. And um, the, and what I mean by this is that 24 kg is um, has also been positioning itself from the very beginning as a oppositional uh, media outlet or independent, uh, but with sort of critical to the government uh, kind of stance. Um, and that's something that not, um, you know, the, the regime is obviously not going to like. So if they have a chance uh, to close them down or uh, kind of scare them into being uh, less um, outspoken, uh, they probably will do this. Uh, but war pro- propaganda, thats that's just, it's not new, like you mentioned. It's been used last year against Cactus Media, but there you could say that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, nothing can be a justification, but at least there, there was some kind of a logic, right? Because it had to do with the conflict between Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan, and there was a republication of a Tajik source, um, um, Asia Plus, I think, um, which was claiming that Kyrgyzstan was at fault. You know, all of these things. So there was something that the authorities might might have felt like. We, we need to defend. Whereas in this case, it's it's really just, it's absolutely, it's just absurd. What kind of war propaganda? Kyrgyzstan is not directly involved in this war specifically. Uh, it's just, yeah, so many questions. There are very few answers. Okay, thank you. And a reminder, we're talking about the crackdown on independent media in Kyrgyzstan. And my guests are Siyanat Sultanaliyeva, the Central Asia researcher for Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan at Human Rights Watch, and Tatu Wubu Ergashbayeva, director of Tandem Lawyers Community in Kyrgyzstan. Let's move on to the back to the uh, media, the draft media law that they have. Strangely, this was supposed to be this was reintroduced to Parliament, and they were supposed to start talking about this earlier this week. But I noticed that they postponed discussion about the same time that they were raiding journalists. Uh, but um, so that to give our audience an idea of what it contains, Tatu, and I know you already talked about this a little bit, but um, what what is going to change if uh, what is what is in this draft bill on media that will change uh, the way that people are able to report? You mentioned registration. Can you uh, what what else is in there about uh, draft of law of mass media? Yes. Oh yeah. For example, uh, here, problematic aspects include potential discrimination against NGOs and ignoring suggestions from lawyers, international experts, and NGOs. Uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, very multiply, for example, uh, legislative about NGO and mass media because all uh, independent mass media organizations, they register how NGO status and this is one of the region why we uh, why we protect. This is not only one legislative. We try to protect uh, packagely how one package. And for example, new provisions strange control our NGOs um, introducing a, a division into social and political organization with different rights and responsibilities. This is second and very bad offers. 
from the president administrations and new um, restriction of funding for NGO, especially uh, those dealing with social issues have been introduced. And for example, issues, uh, problems uh, in the draft media laws. Uh, the draft law includes uh, exercise and unjustified restrictions on the activities of journalists, including accreditation, requirement to visit state bodies, thus limit citizen rights for freedom of speech and access to information. The bill grants state authorities the power to deny state registration of media or terminate their activities without serious legal grounds, potentially limiting freedom of speech and access to information. And, for example, um, process of the registration. Now I want to find my list. For example, major registration process under the draft law. The draft law provides provides for the annulment of major registration certificates for for another reason such uh, as obtained registration by deceitful means this gives state authorities uh, arbitrary freedom to suspend of term, uh, or terminate media activities for any laws uh, violation ever minor ones uh, this analysis uh, highlights serious concern about media freedom and access to information under the proposed legislation. If, for example, Parliament supports and three steps, uh, uh, this is a draft of law, uh, and after the president sign this draft of law, will be, you know, very bad situation for uh, media sector because all the independent uh, media organizations they will close. They will close and Ministry of Justice and the second time another government structures, uh, they will registrate organizations at the new time. And that will be very big problems for not only journalists and for another NGOs and other public uh, figures, public politics too. And completely our country after close our independent mass media situation in our country will be similarly than Uzbekistan or Turkmenistan. And Uzbekistan maybe will more progressive than situation in, in Kyrgyzstan. But, uh, you know, I think uh, this situation uh, not will be, and uh, we will work with this. And I believe civic engagement and more activities, civic activities uh, will help and we close these items how draft law this is items not will be how law how legislative i think so and in the end time what i want to tell for our listeners really i apologize for my english i honestly tried and i did my best to support the platform this is um, majlis podcast by the respecting uh, you miss bruce and uh, we live in the difficult, turbulent times. It's important for us to remain optimistic, to protect democratic achievements, human rights. I believe in the future of Kyrgyzstan, uh, future of the Central Asia. I will continue my job how lawyer, how civic acti- activist, and I try to grow. Not only I, I am with my colleagues, we try to grow think tank institution at, and uh, develop advocacy instruments in the Kyrgyz Republic and uh, in our Central Asia area. And I believe our activities will help now and in the future protect our democratic and uh, democratic area, support rule of law in our country and in our region. Thank you. No, thank you, Tatu, and, and uh, I certainly wish you luck when you're when working with the government to keep democracy in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, and don't worry about your English; it's much far better than my Kyrgyz, that's for sure. Far better than my Russian, for that fact. Uh, I don't want to lose. You. I don't want to lose track of the the uh, topic of um, you know of this media law. Now, I'm, I'm curious, Sienat, 
Um, I mean, I've seen all kinds of things about what what will change on this, but let's start with the registration that Tatu was talking about too. Who decides who gets registered? I mean, if, if this law passes, everybody has to re-register. Whose decision is it about which which outlets are going to be allowed to continue working? Um, yeah, that's the, the that's an interesting part. I guess this will be. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe Tatu can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I guess it's the Minister of Justice. Uh, that will be responsible for the registration because all the registrations of NGOs and, and others, right? Tatu, are you trying to say something? Yeah, это налоговая и прокуратура, прокуратура. so it's going to be the tax services and the prosecutors um, and the Minister of Justice, so the three. That's that's that, that's also it's, it's weirdly unnecessary that there will be three different state bodies that will somehow have to cooperate to register the media entities as well as the NGO entities I'm guessing um, but it's a that's a different um, draft law um, so that's there there's already there um, definitely there is space for corruption and bribery because you know the bureaucracy is just going to be unimaginably just just bureaucratic <laughs> bureaucracy is going to bureaucracy um, and um, yes that's that, that that's one thing and then exactly even then when we know which are the entities the governmental in- entities that will be tasked with uh, registering the uh, mass media um, I'm guessing that the final decision especially concerning media outlets that are um, you know the most critical or most annoying to the government and to the regime, Uh, and to certain people in the regime, um, yeah, we don't know how the decision is actually going to be made uh, in those cases. Okay, well, I want to I want to ask you another question, Sianat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've read that that the websites they're really going after websites yeah. under this new, new media law. So apparently, it was this very strange wording about that anyone who posts something on the internet on their on their site that's supposed to be information to be disseminated to the public has to register and people were were saying that that would mean that if you were a restaurant and you were advertising your stuff or a car dealership or something that you would also have to register yeah uh, at that point because you were posting information that was supposed to be disseminated to the public is that your understanding of this also uh yes exactly <laughs> because the uh, uh the way it's read the i think it's actually um i happen to conveniently have an analysis of this draft law right now. And so, for example, the Article 9 uh, of this draft law, which talks about this stuff, right? It says, the mass media encompass periodical printed publications. So, okay, we get it. Television, radio, broadcast, makes sense. But then it says, websites on the internet telecommunications network and other electronic media. It doesn't clarify anything beyond that. So, literally, it could be any kind of a website, anything that's has a an address an internet address that can be reached by you know typing www dot whatever whatever dot kg org whatever and um men- considering that they're also mentioning other electronic media i'm guessing that includes all kinds of apps um i don't know instagram tiktok facebook anything where you can post an information and it can be read by at least one other person apart from you will probably consider it a website or that kind of um, uh, information, and thus everybody has to be registered. I understand this sounds extremely absurd, and it has been brought to the attention of the working group and especially the initiators, but it's weird that already from each iteration of the draft law, I've honestly lost um, track of it. I think it's the sixth iteration that we have that we're dealing with right now in January 2024, Uh, but they still haven't done anything with it. It's still in the same formulation or like the same phrasing. Is it fair to say that this is aimed at bloggers and people uh, bro- broadcasting on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely including them. It's just it's just absurd that it would also include uh, like a restaurant website or uh, like you were saying, like an, a car service website or something like that. But it's it's in the end, it's, kind of arbitrary, right? I mean, it does include uh, car, car dealerships or restaurants or anything like that, but but it's really who the government exactly. wants, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, you know, we'll wrap this up, uh, but I want to ask you a question. In your opinion, if this draft law is adopted, 
Uh, and uh, there's certainly every reason to believe that it will be and possibly very quickly. Uh, what does that mean for any critical independent media outlet in Kyrgyzstan right now? Well, um <laughs> It's just that the situation with freedom of expression in Kyrgyzstan, if the draft law passes, will just further sort of deteriorate and just get worse and worse uh, because the draft law already is just very, it's overly broad and it's vague. It's, um, and as such, it's, um, it just creates so many opportunities for abuse. Um, of the draft of of the law, right? Of of the laws that are already existing and the um, uh, sort of aspects that are included in this draft law currently. So it is a repressive draft law, um, and it will be a dress, uh, repressive uh, law should it pass because it will, you know, I- expand governmental control over the media exactly through them, you know, the requirement for registration, regardless of whether you are an actual media outlet, if you are doing citizen um, journalism or blogging, or if you're just a website, a car dealership website, it doesn't really matter. And by the same token, it, ha- it, d- it sort of gives the authorities the right to deny registration to media outlets that they don't like, that are annoying to them, uh, to close down their, wor- uh, their, their work, for example, right? Um, if they uh, fine. If the if the authorities decide that their work is uh, not according to what they have uh, submitted as their scope of work, because that's another sort of insidious sort of um, um, part or aspect or angle of this uh, draft law is that um, all of the uh, media outlets, so including again websites, absurdly, uh, that will have to go through registration, they also have to submit very extremely detailed information as to the scope of their reporting, uh, the, you know, the uh, lengths of their publications, um, the, what's the word, the periodicity, whatever the word is. So, you know, how, how, how are frequent the, the uh, publications are going to be there um, and that kind of stuff, right? Which is in many cases, okay, so if you're an established media outlet, I guess you are able to say how often your program is going to be, programming is going to be, and sort of roughly what kind of topics you're covering. But if you're a blogger, if you're a citizen journalist, and if you're somebody else, right, who's just trying out or, or who's just posting their opinions, you cannot really think of, you know, ahead of time of what you're going to be uh, publishing or what you're going to be talking about in your uh, posts, in your uh, journalism, um, you know, private journalism, right? Um, and so that already gives an um, sort of the right to the authorities to um, close you down because that means that you, you know, you did not submit this as your potential scope of uh, reporting or scope of work. Um, and there are so many other uh, sort of elements in, in this uh, draft law that, are really repressive, that will just, you know, expand again, like I mentioned, the governmental control. It's just, yeah, yeah it's it's going to have an extremely negative uh, effect on the uh, media landscape in Kyrgyzstan, which is already not the best, as we are seeing, you know, by the, uh, you know, the, 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 re- the most recent crackdown. Um, and it's just going to make it even worse. Okay, thank you. Uh, we are at the end, but I want to get last comment from both of you, uh, brief if possible. Um, same thing, it, the Torah the Speaker of Parliament, said that there's no problem with freedom of speech, uh, that it's protected in Kyrgyzstan. We've heard President Japarov make the same claim um, that freedom of speech is, is protected and nothing will happen to it. Tatu, what's your opinion if this law goes through? Is freedom, will freedom of speech be protected? You know, I want to tell about our um, Kyrgyz Republic and our uh, uh, international relationships. And the first time the Kyrgyz Republic is a democratic state governed by the rule of law and is so a member of numerous international associations and organizations. Conclusions of the General Prosecu- uh, Prosecutor's Office and the Supreme Court confirmed the uh, ex- existence of article in criminal and another legislation regulating of the activities of uh, NCOs. The Ombudsman Institute concludes that the norms need uh, to be conceptually improved. Uh, this is about all two package package draft of laws. Uh, a number of international organizations, UN special rapporteurs, uh, European European representatives in the Kyrgyz Republic, OSC, OIDI, uh, HR, uh, this is the HRV and other 
gave a negative opinion and adoptions of such initiatives by the parliament entails risk in the interaction with international partners and in the terms of signing the most important strategic documents of the Kyrgyz Republic on the following issues. This is very important documents start uh, in this year before 2027. We need this agreement with Kyrgyz Republic. First, on October 11, at the seventh meeting of the 77th sessions of the UN General Assembly, the Kyrgyz Republic was elected as a member of the UN Human Rights Council for period 2023-2025. This is the third time Kyrgyzstan has been elected to the UN Human Rights Council for its three years' terms, Kyrgyzstan will have to report to the UN General Assembly and the future election to the UN is expected risks because our report maybe uh, didn't support in the future, will not support in the future. Second, Kyrgyzstan has nominated its candidacy for non-permanent membership in the UN Secretary Council for 2027 before 2028. This was announced by the country's president, Sadr Japarab, at the general debate of the 78th session of the UN General Assembly in New York, USA. The decision will be made in accordance with the uh, procedures of the uh, UN Security Council. Third, Kyrgyzstan is expected to sign an agreement with European Union in 2024. This is a framework in depth and bilateral agreement between the European Union and Kyrgyzstan. Central Asia countries, including Kyrgyzstan, have been prioritized by the UN, by the European, uh, European countries in the recent years. This is a long-term agreement which is uh, designed for many years of cooperation, which will spell out the conditions, compliance with will, allow the agreement to be extended. The agreement includes political relationships between the two sides, trade, investment, and human rights. And the last force, Kyrgyzstan and the United States are at the stage of signing a new bilateral agreement. Negotiations have been underway since summer 2022. This agreement included multi-vector cooperation as well as United States assistance. And, you know, we very need uh, this agreement, especially with uh, European Union countries and United States. Why? Because we uh, programs, for example, uh, from European Union support, especially in two or three years, more $25 million. And this is um, financial support our government and our civic engagement sector we use for our social for develop our social and another infrastructures for example economical infrastructures and our government uh, need this uh, financial education and technical and another support and we now more our neighbors they are in the is not democratical regime maybe uh, maybe authoritarian regime and they didn't help us uh, uh, by simple way. They give for us credits and, and other items. Uh, and I think we need, this is uh, for very uh, priority for Kyrgyz Republic uh, international agreement. And uh, uh, this is one of the big priorities for president administrations. And I think uh, this is one of the good uh, offers for uh, our decision makers uh, because if they don't support social activities if they don't support draft of law about mass media and NGO if they don't have with us ideologies and someone good platforms uh, for them will be uh, not more not more priorities uh, to grow uh, their uh, very good very positive statement in the international area and uh, my activities uh, all the time when I consult decision makers, I told them about this is for agreements because uh, our country 
need these agreements and we uh, must to be in the international area how good uh, optimistic country uh, and especially democratic country who, who respect uh, human rights. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a good point that they have these agreements. So maybe that'll help pressure them a little bit. So, you know, last word to you. And if you can keep it brief, what is freedom of speech in Kyrgyzstan? Is it still there if this draft law and media is adopted? Uh, well, I think knowing this is Kyrgyzstan, it's safe to say that we still will have a certain level of freedom of speech, even with the uh, draft law passing, should it pass. And I'm sure there will be ways that the media and our journalists and bloggers will find ways of, um, you know, still speaking the truth or, or reporting brilliant investigative pieces one or another way. For example, like with Klopp KG, um, while they're still, um, you know, banned and blocked, uh, they have mirror websites that you are able to, um, you know, reach out, reach to, and, um, and, and and still read their reporting, right? And I guess um, if the situation really, really gets bad, then what we could uh, have, what we might be dealing with in Kyrgyzstan is that people, journalists might have to relocate out of Kyrgyzstan, but still continue working. I believe that, um, you know, our media is just not going to be shut, shut up or shut down uh, in Kyrgyzstan, no matter what the authorities try to do. Yes, it will be more difficult, uh, but there will still be freedom of expression. People are not going to let it go that easily. Well, at least I hope so. Okay, great. That's an optimistic note to leave this <laughs> conversation on. Uh, so thank you, Tata Wu, and, and thank you, Sianat, for being on the program. Uh, and a big thank you, as always, to Nathan Shoemaker, our Medley's podcast producer in Washington, D.C., and a reminder, you can subscribe to the Medjlis podcast or the Central Asia and Focus newsletter by visiting Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's website at rfrl.org. Thank you very much, and we'll be back again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>